Good morning and welcome to the VSA Morning Miner. It's Friday. Um, I'm Ollie O'Donnell and I'm joined by Paul Rankin. Paul, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. And a nice, bright, sunny day too. Yep, it is. It's felt a lot lighter this week. Um, looks like, feels like the start of spring. Um, what is out in the mining space? We thought we'd uh, start off here with our Shanghai Mining Club member uh, and Brazil gold producer listed on the TSX, Cerrado uh, Gold, uh, said on Wednesday they expect to deliver production of about 70,000 ounces per year by the first quarter of 2023. And they're going to push their production ca capacity up to about 90,000 uh, ounces uh, a year by late that year. They'll, they plan to do that by uh, taking uh, essentially a two-stream scenario, which uh, we also note uh, is uh, something that uh, our client uh, Caracal Gold is uh, pursuing in Kenya, and that is to use uh, a CIL uh, plant for the higher grade material, but then in Cerrado's case to also uh, develop uh, two different uh, heap leach uh, operations as well for their Argentina and uh, Brazil operations. This uh, is intended uh, essentially to um, both diversify the sources of uh, both the feed and the gold output, but also stabilize the means to deliver to uh, uh, production targets. And as a result, then they should be able to further grow the business uh, there at Cerrado. So wishing them good luck on that. Yeah, we're quite keen on this uh, sort of development strategy and um, I, I guess this story is perhaps one that hasn't is relatively new and hasn't really got out there yet. Um, so the valuation is fairly undemanding. I think they're, they're capped at about $80 million um, and with the kind of growth that you've just talked about, um, it looks like some significant potential um the recent share price performance though is probably broadly in line with with most of the other uh junior gold um developers and producers in that it's come off a little over the last couple of months um but is perhaps bottoming out as the seniors start to move higher um with the gold price Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, what else is out there, Paul? We had uh, full year results, uh, production results released by uh, Norelsk Nickel, which is the world's largest uh, palladium and uh, nickel producer. Yesterday, they reported a 15% year-on-year increase in revenue to just shy of $18 billion, uh, whereas their EBITDA increased by 37% year-on-year to $10.5 billion. They've uh, making significant uh, amounts of uh, capex spend as well during this period, 57% uh, up uh, on various operations, uh, up to $2.8 billion. They did declare a net profit, though, very nice jump year on year of, of gain of 92% to just shy of $7 million uh, U.S., and uh, they're looking at a situation uh, where they see continued strength in the marketplace uh, for the uh, platinum group metals. Although they did say, uh, too, that they uh, had a decrease in cash flow of 34% to 4.4 million. And that's part of the 
partly due to the fact of having to pay back that big uh, fine and uh, debt uh, they owed the Russian government for that spill uh, they had up in the north in the, the north of the of Russia uh, a couple years ago now. Yeah, uh, well, they've obviously been benefiting from strong nickel prices there, so uh, not hugely surprising. The earnings have been very strong. Um, but speaking of environmental damages, um, or or rather the opposite of that, uh, Wheaton have put out their uh, ESG report today. Yes, uh, I think they're yes. reports, uh, of interest. Yes, Wheaton Precious Metals, dual listed now, royalty firm, uh, also in London as well as in North America. They filed their climate policy and their goals uh, statement report, and they have committed to a net zero emissions uh, uh, target uh, for their operations by 2050. And the the, the whole point is to be able to uh, uh, show it with transparency formalized politi- policies and initiatives uh, because their ESG ratings as far as investment are concerned uh, uh, should improve in that regard uh, uh, such that uh, those firms which are taking on more of a climate or an impact uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, goals in institutional investment would uh, hopefully make them more uh, investable uh, to those to that wider range of investors. Yeah, I, I, it's quite interesting for a royalty company, which isn't, um, you know, they're, they're not an operator and they don't necessarily have an active role in in the operations. So how they can have a meaningful impact on their existing um, portfolio um, is interesting. I haven't, I haven't seen the report, so I don't know how they're doing that, but that would be my question. I can see how you do it for future investments. Um, you can put in criteria and make sure that all your future investments meet those categories, but how, how do you manage that for an existing portfolio? I guess the same way that current institutional investors in the equity of various mining companies, and that's uh, via engagements with managements and so forth uh, in order to see whether or not those managements are uh, essentially get the idea that uh, they need to improve their uh, uh, emissions uh, uh, exposure as well as the issues around social and governance uh, in their places of operation, which may otherwise uh, impact shareholder value. In the case of a royalty firm, then if they didn't feel satisfied that management was up to speed, I, w- I suppose they would uh, be tempted then to uh, sell off that royalty to someone else. Uh, yes, although not quite as easy as uh, selling shares. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay, I think that's probably enough. We'll call it a a day there and we'll be back next week. Thanks, Paul. Yes, you've got uh, Andrew up until Thursday. I'm on holiday. Yes, of course. All right, we'll uh, we'll speak to you next week then. Very good. Good break. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Mm -hmm.